Human expression is affected by personality, experience, and culture. We are all different, yet there are universal ways we come together and engage with others in everyday life. We don't just assemble to interact with each other. We also convene to communally express our thoughts and feelings towards the things that are important to us. We speak. I have a dream. This nation will rise. We sing. We cheer. We bow. We lift our hands and dance in praise. We already engage and gather in everyday life for various reasons. But what if there is more? More we could be experiencing. Something that is far deeper, fuller, richer. Is there more? Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Lakeside. My name is Jeff Gronewald, and this is Chris Deves on my left. And I'll introduce him a little bit more later as we get into our topic this morning, the topic of worship. And here you're going to get the opportunity to hear today from a couple of old worship guys who've been at this for a while. So we are looking forward to getting into this topic with you today. You know, back in uh, the 80s, when I was in university, I went to the University of Western Ontario just down the road here in London. And I had a roommate in my first year, which was 1983. And uh, he came from a, an Orthodox tradition. And uh, so one time he said to me, um, do you want to go to church with me? He said, it'll be a little different. And I said, sure, why not? I'm up for that. And so we went out to this Orthodox church that uh, was from his tradition. And he did warn me in advance. He said that everything that was going to happen that day was going to be in another language. And um, that was going to be in Greek. And uh, my Greek is, how shall we say, a little weak. Um, so I was up for that. I realized I wouldn't understand anything that was going on that day. So here was me going into the church that day, and uh, I'm just trying to pick up the cues from people around me. Stand up. Yes, stand up. Sit down. Kneel. Listen to something. Say something. Say something to the person beside you. Now we'll sing a song. Now the priest will say something. And I'm just pretending like I actually know what's going on here. But I didn't understand a thing the whole day. And um, afterwards, my roommate was like, well, how was that? I said, well, it was interesting, but I didn't understand anything. It was kind of totally foreign to me. And I wonder if you come together, if, you, if you've come to Lakeside today or if you've uh, come here on another day, does it feel a little bit like you just walked into a place like you don't understand the language? Does it feel like uh, there's a little bit of Greek going on here, either today or another time that you may have been here? And it may be that you're experiencing that a little bit this morning. And you, you got to ask yourself questions like, wow, we sing songs together. Where else do you go in your life and people stand up for a while like we just did and we sing songs together? Um, where else do people pray together in a public way like we do here? Where else do you see people doing things like we were doing today? People raising their hands and singing and moving and getting engaged in worship. Where else does that happen in your life? People reading from the Bible. Sometimes, although we're not doing it today, there's this thing called communion that goes on. And it can seem a little bit Greek 
to me sometimes. And uh, we talk about giving of our resources, our financial resources, our time resources and otherwise as being part of our worship. And sometimes we even say that your whole life is worship. Wow. Well, that's a little bit of Greek this morning, and over the next three weeks, we're going to try and unpack a little bit more about worship. As we are a community that worships together, it's a very important part of our community and our life together here, and we look forward to sharing that with you over the next few weeks here. And certain things that go on in a church that are said to be part of worship are confusing, and we hope that over the next couple of weeks we'll demystify a little bit of that and some of those things. But at the same time, there are things that go on in worship that are of what you might call a transcendent quality. They just kind of transport us to a, another place, and we hope to not demystify those things if, if you get my meaning. So to help us do this today, Chris, Deves, and I are going to do a little bit of a back and forth, a little bit of a conversation uh, with you. And uh, Chris, you might know, is our worship pastor here at Lakeside. And normally you'll see Chris here or there or behind somewhere playing the guitar. I always say that when I grow up I want to play guitar like Chris, but time is really running out for that. Um, but Chris is an amazing guitarist, and uh, we also know that Chris is our behind-the-scenes guy who plays a significant role in organizing teams, training musicians, planning worship services, and so forth. But we want to go back a little bit further and help you get to know Chris a little bit this morning just as we get started. And Chris, as uh, you and I were working on the, our message this morning, you were telling me about a time earlier in your life where You've played guitar for a long time, but where you started to bring the guitar into the church. So um, just tell us a little bit about your earlier story. Absolutely. Uh, good morning, everyone. Um, it's an honor to be here and to, to share with, with all of you today. So, yeah, I started uh, playing guitar when I was 11, and I started playing guitar in church when I was probably 16. Uh, the church I was going to, uh, the musicians that were there needed some help, and I knew I could help them. Uh, so I said, hey, you know, I'll, uh, I'll get involved. I can, uh, I can help you guys out. Um, but it quickly became evident that uh, they weren't necessarily interested in the type of help I was trying to um, offer <laughs> them. Yeah, maybe uh, we can relate to that. <laughs> um, so it, uh, that um, relationship kind of broke down eventually to the point where um, I was there. I probably played guitar at that church for about three or four years, three uh, and then eventually there was, we kind of came to an impasse uh, where they sort of said, look, uh, people like you, uh, people that, that enjoy music the way you enjoy music and the kind of music you enjoy, you don't really belong in church. Well, uh, now, Chris, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, now, yeah. people like you don't belong in church. Well, mm -hmm. I just want to say to you, you belong here. Thank you. And so welcome. Um, but what kind of music were you into playing at the time? Okay, so uh, when I grew up, uh, it was the 80s also, uh, although I was a little young. I'm a little younger than you, Jeff. Uh, so <laughs> I, um, uh, I was into to rock music. I love rock uh, and grew up listening to that. So, uh, you, know, I, you know, one of my first bands I loved was the Beatles. Uh, I'm not quite that old, but uh, I was uh, just crushed when 
my, uh, my mom told me that I couldn't be the fifth Beatle because the Beatles aren't around anymore. Um, so then after that, I got into you know, Van Halen and other rock music. Van Halen, I can understand why yes. that might have been a disconnect at the church. Yeah, a little bit. So. Uh, no problem. So, but somewhere, so people said, we don't want that kind of music. We don't want that kind of uh, mm -hmm. a person like you. But somewhere along the, the line, something started to change. And, and there was a place where, a time where you came to Lakeside. Mm -hmm. But before that, you went off on a little bit of an odyssey because of that. Absolutely, I, I, Odyssey. It wasn't quite epic like the Odyssey, but uh, for sure. Um, I, what what really, what happened at that point uh, when when I was sort of uh, sent out of the church, if you will, um, I kind of made a deal with God, and the, and the deal was kind of like this: uh, God, I won't bother you; you don't bother me. And uh, there was a good five-year gap where, where that was sort of what happened. That was the way I approached my relationship with God at that point. And maybe some of you here this morning are like that, where you've made a deal like that with God. Like, you don't bother me and get involved in my life, and I won't bother you. Mm. And that might be the reality of some of our folks that are here with us this morning. But somewhere along the way, like you this morning, have come here. Chris, you ended up here at Lakeside. How did that happen? Well, it's a really long story that I'll make fairly short. Uh, I eventually started teaching guitar uh, as a profession, uh, and I was hired uh, by Trevor Dick. I don't, is Trevor here? Where is he? No, he's not here, okay. I saw him yesterday. Uh, he's back oh, he there. He's back there, okay, no, well, he's okay. in the dark, that's why. I can't see him back there. Hey, Trev. Um, so Trevor hired me as a teacher uh, for a music school that was run out of this church uh, called Music and Perspective. and. Uh, I remember vividly him hiring me. It was, uh, we, I met in the basement of his house on, on Grange. Anyways, um, so part of the deal was all of the recitals and everything that happened with the music school happened here at Lakeside. And I said, okay, that's not a big deal. Uh, you know, I kind of grew up in a church, but I'm not really interested in that anymore. Um, there was a lot of other life circumstances that were happening to me at that time um, where several things that were going okay uh, then weren't going okay. Uh, I was in a band. Uh, every, every musician's usually in a band of some kind. Uh, my band fell apart, uh, as most bands do. Um, and so that was pretty traumatic, and there was a lot of negativity that uh, was surrounding that particular event. Uh, and there were several other things going on in my life to the point where uh, literally uh, one, uh, one Sunday afternoon when I was kind of waking up, because that's when I used to wake up on Sundays, it's the afternoon, um, I literally was like, uh, you know, I think we need to go to that lakeside place because a lot of things are, are out of control in our lives and, uh, and we need somewhere to go. So, so what happened when you came to Lakeside? What, what were some of your impressions there? And uh, I think you made a decision that you'd stick around, but ha what happened on that first day? So, so the initial thing I noticed uh, on arriving at Lakeside um, was the fact that I wasn't turned away. <laughs> I was welcomed, uh, so that was pretty big for me. Check mark uh, for the greeters. Yeah, yeah check mark. Um, and, and secondly, when I walked into the auditorium, which wasn't here, but it was over there a long time ago, um, I, I saw a bunch of people, quote unquote, people like me on stage. Uh, there was electric guitars and there was band. Uh, so all of a sudden, I really felt a, a level of acceptance uh, for the type of person that I was and am. 
Fantastic. And Chris shared with me earlier that he made a decision at that time, right on that very first Sunday, that he needed to get things right with his relationship with God, that he decided that he would make a decision that Jesus needed to be the Lord of his life. And that kind of led one thing to another, that now, Chris, you've been working here as our worship pastor these last number of years, and we're very thankful uh, that God worked in your life. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So we, uh, we want to start into this topic a little bit this morning. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind, of a, it's kind of what we're all about here is seeking that kind of life change in people where people come and it's just like, come as you are. Just come check it out. Even if you made a deal with God that you leave me alone, I'll leave you alone. You're welcome here to continue your exploration. I'm glad that you've come. And so we want to get into worship, and let's start. Maybe the good place to start is with a bit of a definition. And so, uh, Chris, we were talking about this definition. Worship celebrates God's saving deed in Jesus Christ. And I think you'll see it on the screen there. Worship celebrates God's saving deed in Jesus Christ. Why don't you just unpack a couple of those words in there for us, Chris? Sure. Um, so, so the first part, worship is a celebration. It, it's not meant to be something that's somber or something that we... Uh, come to um, in any other way other than being celebratory. Um, the, the object, the thing which we are celebrating uh, is a person, uh, and that person is Jesus. Um, and, and the whole reason that we're celebrating Jesus is the idea of the story of salvation, how Jesus came to earth uh, died for our sins, and was resurrected. Yeah, I love that it's celebration, and you, you probably have seen that week by week, or maybe you've even seen it today. We celebrate the life of Jesus, and I love the way that, Noel, that you led us in worship this morning. Thank you for that, just celebrating, yes. celebrating God this morning. So it, it reminds us that our first point of the day, and we're going to put it on the screen, we've got a few points that we want to go over with you today, but our first point of the day when we talk about worship, Chris, is that worship is about God, and worship is about our response to God. We respond to Him. It's not about us. And so, Chris, you and I were talking about how God acted first, and that's, that's what's going on here, and we respond to Him. So I think you're going to take us to Psalm 111 and point out a couple things there, but what's that all about, God acting? first? So um, the idea here is the idea of revelation and response. So, so God is revealed to us and we respond to that revelation. Um, so God acted first is merely the idea of, of understanding uh, where we fit into that uh, equation of revelation and response. So um, back uh, at the beginning, literally at the beginning, um, God revealed and, and acted and did all these amazing things. Uh, there was creation, which is pretty amazing. Um, and throughout the history of time then, God continued to act and do many things. Um, so it only seems right to respond to those amazing things. So why don't we put up so, Psalm 111 yeah. on the screen. That was read right at the beginning of the service. Um, our host of the morning, Daniel, read that scripture over. But Chris, just pick a couple of words off there that just talk about how we respond to God. Sure. So, I mean, you look down, it says, glorious and majestic are his deeds and his righteousness endures forever. That's something that God has done. And that's something that God has done before any of us in this room uh, were around. <laughs> God continues to do those things, of course, but that's something that he's already done, that he's acted already. Um, if we could put it back up there, uh, again, uh, there's a few other things I want to uh, draw mention to. If we could go to the next slide. Uh, he's shown his people the power of his works, right? We, we actually see that happening. 
um, in terms of uh, what happened with um, all the biblical narrative, and, and we looked at that in the, uh, in the fall, right? That was something that we spent time going through as we marched from, I guess it was around October-ish, uh, up until Christmas, as we looked at the grand narrative of the Bible leading up to that point. Um, and the works of his hands are faithful and just. There's, this psalm just really kind of talks about that. It also mentions uh, covenant, and that's something that I, I kind of wanted to bring up. Uh, covenant is a, an interesting word. We don't use that word uh, a lot in everyday language, uh, at least I don't, but I guess maybe if you're a lawyer, you might. Um, but covenant is actually a legal term. And uh, the whole idea of a covenant, it's, a real, it's kind of an agreement that two, two parties, two people, two things enter into. Um, God has a covenant with us. We are his people. And that started, again, long ago with Abraham. Uh, and so, again, God acted first. God initiated that covenant. Abraham didn't go to God and say, God, I'd like to strike a deal with you. I'd like to kind of come up with an arrangement. God initiated that arrangement. So there was a revelation that happened. So the response is what our responsibility is. Yeah, I love is. that, that God acted first and we respond to it. A, a covenant is really that just sense of promise that God has made to us, mm -hmm. and we respond to that. And, uh, you know, this morning, I think I just want to put up on the screen the words from that song, What a Beautiful Name, mm -hmm. uh, that we were singing this morning. And, you know, this is exactly what we're doing when we sing a song like this. We're rehearsing and reminding and remembering these things that God has done and responding to it. You were the word at the beginning one with God, the Lord Most High, now revealed in you our Christ. And we're just reminding ourselves, yes, God, you've revealed yourself to us. We celebrate that this morning. We get excited about that this morning. And we, we hope that all the songs that we do here at Lakeside and all the, the types of things we say and do in worship are that. We're reminding ourselves of God's story and we're responding to it. And Chris, one of the things that you and I also talked about was um, we were asking the question, does God really need our worship? Is he saying, worship me, worship me, worship me? Is, is that what's going on here? Uh, no, it, it's not. Uh, it would be uh, similar to if you got invited over to my house for dinner. Okay, so... That would be I, great, by the way. That, <laughs> this is hypothetical. Okay. So, uh, all right. um, say I invite you I'm available. Over. Yeah. <laughs> Still hypothetical. So, say I invite you over for dinner. Um, I, I'm going to make you dinner, uh, and uh, you're going to come over, and you're going you're to partake in that, and you're going to enjoy that. And then afterwards, more than likely, you're going to say something like... That was great. Thank you. I exactly, right? So, um, that, that's sort of the relationship that's going on here. Uh, where God has done something to deserve our thanks, not necessarily uh, God is some egotistical being just sitting up there going, worship me, right? I mean, that's, it's not like that at all. Another thing that we were talking about is the idea of worship as paying tribute to someone. And maybe a lot of you were following the story, the great Canadian music story this uh, fall when um, Canadian musician Gord Downey of the Tragically Hip passed away. And it kind of happened slowly over time that he knew that he had a tragic and, and terminal illness. And there were a great many tributes to Gord Downey and the impact that he's made on Canadian music and other things. And sometimes people can think of worship like that as paying tribute to someone in that kind of way, or perhaps we visit the graves of someone who's been a hero from another generation. 
Sometimes on July 1st, we'll give tribute to founders of our nation like Sir John A. MacDonald. Even right now, it's kind of interesting, isn't it, that there's the severed right forearm of a saint who passed away 465 years ago that is making its rounds and people are paying tribute. Um, and so we talked about the idea, is worship like that? And we would say a resounding no. Worship isn't like that of paying tribute to the dead follower or the dead, the, the, rather the dead founder of the Christian faith. Absolutely. Um, in all those examples you just shared, Jeff, the, the, the person that's receiving the tribute uh, is no longer there, right? Um, whereas this, what, what happens in corporate worship uh, is completely upside down uh, from that uh, because, of course, God is here. God is alive. God is not dead. And, and that's something that uh, makes the whole thing not a tribute in that way, but in fact, um, leads us to our, our kind of second point, uh, which is the idea that worship is transformational. Yeah, worship is... Um, yep. and, and, and that, the only way that that is, is enabled is because God is present with us. If God wasn't here, worship wouldn't be transformational. You'd just be watching a bunch of old guys singing some songs. <laughs> and, to, and to help us look at worship being transformational, and what we mean by that, we're going to take you to a story mm -hmm. that's uh, found in the Old Testament of the Bible, just the second book of the Bible, the book of Exodus. And it's the encounter that Moses has with God and the story of the burning bush. And this is a bit of a familiar story, but we're going to put it up on screen here and just pick out a couple of things off here. So let me help you walk through this. So Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. And Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I'll go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. And when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, Here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place you're standing is holy ground. And then he said, I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And at this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Let's just pause there for a moment. Moses sees this incredible sight, a bush burning which does not burn up. He sees God calling him from within this bush as he goes over a little bit closer, and he has this incredible encounter with God at the, at the place of this burning bush. And we bring that as an example of the kind of transformative impact that worship has on us is that we have a burning bush moment like that where we encounter the God of the universe. Here he says, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's kind of conveying, I am the God who always was and always will be, and you're now meeting with me. Recognize you're standing on holy ground. And I love this next part. Let's put it back up on screen just as the story continues on a little bit further. And Moses and God have a conversation. And Moses says, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am 
has sent me to you. And God reveals one of his names. He says, I am the I am. I am the one who always existed. That is who is sending you. I just want to pull up something that I I was reading in relation to this that I think um, sheds a little bit of light on this. When God said to Moses, I am who I am, what did that really mean? I'm going to take a few words from author John Piper who said the following. In other words, speaking as God, in other words, nobody gave me a set of genes, and that's G-E-N-E-S, genes. Nobody gave me a set of genes. Nobody and no power brought me into existence or shaped my personality. I had no beginning. There is no reality outside of myself that did not come from me. And, there is n- and so there is no force or influence upon my character and power except what comes from me and is controlled by me. I am utterly absolute. Behind me, there is no reality. And further, God is power. His personality is radiant with infinite energy. He never needs recharging. He never needs a backup system. There is nothing for him to plug into. Everything in the universe plugs in to him. If he ever shut down, there would be absolute nothingness. He cannot grow faint or grow weary. He is an unending river of life and the source of our strength every morning and will be for all eternity. And so when God and Moses have this little interaction and he says, I am who I am, my goodness, that was a transformational moment. And so let's bring ourselves right back to Lakeside. So here we just come into this building, we sing together, we, we pray together, we do things together in our service. That is supposed to have a transformational impact on us when we encounter the living God through what we do here. So that's kind of exciting, and that was our second point of this morning. It's not as if God were here among us. God is here among us. And so, Chris, why don't you just introduce our third point or our next point uh, that kind of leads into that. Sure. So the the next point is that worship is experiential. Um, This shouldn't uh, be that shocking a thing. Uh, We come in and we experience something. Um, And we all experience something quite different uh, when when we come here. If I were to ask you, Jeff, what you experienced, uh, that might be a little different than what I experienced. Um, But the, the one common thing that we all experience, of course, is is God. Uh, We might experience God again in unique ways, um, but God is the thing that we are experiencing here when we... Yeah, it's not just an intellectual experience. It's it's a... It's a, an experiential truth experience that mm-hmm. we're having when we come together. And so that can have different um, ways of, of manifesting itself in your life. But you might come in here and you might say, wow, look, at they're just rocking out up there on the stage. We're rocking out in here in the room and the music is loud. You kind of feel, by the way, if you move a little closer, you can actually feel the bass thumping in your chest a little bit. And if you're into that, I recommend moving a little closer. Uh, but anyway, if you're into that sort of thing, that um, is part of where we can say, wow, I'm experiencing God. I'm having an experiential moment. But it's not just when the music is like that, Chris. No, of course not. Um, I mean, some of us do really love that sort of thing. Um, but at the same time, uh, I find uh, I often experience God in the quiet moments, in the quiet times. Uh, maybe when the band brings it down, uh, or maybe when uh, s- someone is speaking and we have a time of prayer. Uh, I find God can speak to me in, in those quieter moments as well, and I can experience 
God in a, in a often deeper way in those kind of moments as well. Yeah, so it can be those kind of moments. It can be just a sense of electricity that comes into this room when we are together. And that can happen outside of this room too, of course, in your own, in your own home, in your own living room, in your car as you're driving along as you and God have an interaction, an, an experiential moment, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And that's part of what worship is. And so that's why we want to actually bring it all the way into the New Testament. We're going to put up another uh, scripture on the uh, screen, and it's from Acts chapter 2 in just one single verse, Acts 2, 2. And the story there is that uh, after Jesus' death and resurrection, it says that the disciples were together all in one place. And the following occurs. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Think about that for a moment. Think about they heard something. They then saw something. It was an experiential moment. And I want to ask you the question, do you need God to come and speak into your life this morning like a mighty wind from heaven that comes? Do you need to have him blow some things over your life this morning where he says, I am here, and he just reminds you, I am who I am for you? Do you need to have a moment that's like the burning bush from the Old Testament where you see let me go over and see this strange sight and God says to you, I'm here. Because that can happen in worship and here at Lakeside, that's what we want to promote. That's what we want to encourage. People interacting with God. All kinds of people in all kinds of different ways and it'll happen through what we do here week by week where you just come and you just say, God, I'm open to you. Speak to me. And I just encourage you to come with that posture week by week here at Lakeside as you, as you think about um, what, what's going on in your life and how, you will, how you'll approach that, that connection with God while you're here. And Chris, just as we kind of conclude, we are going to uh, transition into a final song together. But way back at the beginning of our message here today, you were saying on that first Sunday that you came to Lakeside and things weren't all the way you thought they should be in your life. And you had a burning bush moment, if I can put it in those terms. You had an encounter with God and you decided it's time for me to get things right with God. I want to encourage you, will you just share with us what actually happened there? What did you say to God? How did you make that decision? Because some of you might be in that place this morning where you're saying, hey, that's me. I can relate to that. Absolutely. So um, when that service happen and I participated in that and I would have uh, I certainly didn't have all this language of it being experiential and all that kind of stuff um, but I knew that something um, happened and I knew that I needed to respond somehow uh, and so the the logical thing is as the pastor at that point kind of walked us through was uh, saying this prayer saying a simple prayer um, so I, I just want to share that that prayer with you now and um, Maybe this prayer could be your prayer if you've never experienced Jesus before. And it just went like this. just said, Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what I've done. Please forgive me. Please come into my heart and help me live as I should. Lord, I give you control. Amen. That was it. And if that's you this morning, we just encourage you to make words like that your own. Sunday by Sunday, we make it available just in the room outside the back. We call it the chapel. It's the 
first door on the second door on the left, I guess, as you exit the back doors. There's people in there week by week who will just meet with you and pray with you. And if that's you, if you need to get things right and you've, you're one of those people who just said, yeah, I've made a deal with God. You leave me alone. I'll leave you alone. We encourage you to make today the day when you get things right with God. It's your burning bush day today. And so we just encourage you to engage with God in that way. And I think we're going we're gonna to go into a final song here together, Chris. Yeah, this song, as I thought about the way to close this service, um, I couldn't find a better song than this song we're going to sing right now. It's called The Heart of Worship. And the reason that it's just so fitting, I think, um, was the chorus where it says, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. It's all yeah, about you, Jesus. love that. So why don't we stand together and why don't we sing this?
just in this moment, we want to invite you to pause and reflect on those words. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. It's all about you, Jesus. As Chris and Jeff talked about, worship is revelation and response. And I know for me, whenever I enter into a time of worship, I become suddenly aware of all the things that are wrong with me. And then I also become aware of all the things that are right with God. And I find that in that transformational power of worship, we have an opportunity to turn our perspective from what's wrong with us to what's right with God. So in this moment, I want to ask you to reflect on what God has been revealing to you, maybe this past week, maybe this morning, maybe right now. Reflect on what he's revealing to you, and then we'll respond again together by singing this chorus again. So take a moment now, just as the music plays, to reflect on what he's revealing to you. all about you. I pray that we would keep this perspective of worship as we leave this place and enter into our weeks. God, I pray that we would be full of your presence and your spirit. I pray that we would not forget who you are as we face the daily things we go through. Lord, I pray for everyone here today, God, that we would continue to surrender the things that you reveal to us and respond in praise of your great name. Pray this in your holy, awesome, and mighty name. Amen. If you need prayer this morning, there will be some people in the chapel just outside these doors, like Jeff said. Have an awesome week and be blessed.